everybody. Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm Donnie, your very tired Degrassi veteran. <laughs> I'm Frank, the person staring into the mall for the first time. <laughs> oh, baby. So, we're up to episode seven from season one. It's called Basketball Diaries. Um... <laughs> of course, because... I, I really, you could have made it hoop dreams or something, <laughs> something other than the, the Leonardo DiCaprio, um, the Leonardo DiCaprio heroin movie. No, <laughs> they could not. Apparently not. Um, yeah, so just to go out of the gate, I'm going to be honest, this episode made me incredibly angry, probably not for, like, very overt reasons, though, and I just want to be upfront about that, that I'm going to try and contain my anger, but please know that for whatever reason, well, I know what reasons, this, like, hit every single one of my nerves this episode. And I just want to call out the guy, whoever did the production design on this this DVD, um... The description of this makes me kind of angry. Jimmy desperately wants to make the basketball team, but surprisingly, it looks like Sean's surpassing him as a possible star player. Why surprisingly? (laughs) (laughs) There's just something weird about that that just kind of like... Well, I think we might know. (laughs) I know. It's (laughs) racism and classism. Okay, I thought I was just being paranoid. (laughs) No, no, there's definitely an undercurrent of racism throughout this episode and it's not super overt but it's kind of all i could be thinking about during many key moments of this one um anyway let's just let's just jump into this on that note uh let's just do a brief summary frank if you'd like to do the honors of this one all right the a plot is jimmy wants to join the basketball team um there's only 12 spots and there's 15 kids um and he's like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing well at basketball because when I focus on basketball, I don't do well in schoolwork. And when I don't do well at schoolwork, or when I do well at schoolwork, I'm not doing well at basketball. And so he's having trouble balancing the two. <laughs> um, but also, you know, he's, and so he's trying to, he's trying to figure that out. Um, and they have a big game against Earl Grey Middle School. Which, by the way, I had to re-listen to, like, three times. I did not believe they were called Earl Grey. (laughs) Hey, we're starting a school. What should we call it? Well, there's a history of, you know, Canadian explorers and scientists. We're going to name it Earl Grey. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Anyway. Um... So, yeah. So, Jimmy... Oh, and Spinner, for the most part, has been very subdued this whole episode. And you find out it's because they upped his Ritalin prescription. I think... This was 2003? Yeah. I think this is when Ritalin was starting to come into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that was a medication, like, I had to deal with, kind Maybe of... 2001? 2001, yeah. Early aughts. Early aughts. Yeah, that, well, that's when I first started working in the pharmacy, and it was something I had to deal with. I got yelled at by a lot of parents when we didn't have that medication in stock. Understandable, but I did not enjoy being yelled at. Um, and he's just like, he has his alarm set for when um, he needs to take it, and now he's taking it like four times a day. Or twice a day. Three times. Three times. In between. Somewhere. Um, And, like, yeah, but he's more subdued, and he's the tender chunkhead we once knew and loved. Um, So, they're studying. But one of my favorite parts is, like, they get to Mrs. Kwan's class, and like, oh, did you did you all hand in your reading assignments? Um... And Jimmy hasn't done his. And I, like, honestly, I was like, I don't think even if he wasn't doing basketball, Jimmy would have turned this in. Like, Jimmy doesn't really seem the type. There's a lot of just underdeveloped elements to Jimmy's character, which are, which 
we're always infuriating leading up to this episode, but, like, truly blew up in this episode. Like, I know only sparse things about him. Like, he's friends with Spinner. Um, he once threatened a kid. Um, called himself, he's dating Ashley, called himself her bodyguard. Um, said it was okay if they waited to have sex. And that's about it. Yeah, yeah, like, it's... Oh, we know he likes basketball. Yes. Um, yeah. (laughs) That's it. It's, like, it's very much, like, things about him. Like, physical characteristics and interests. It's not really, like, if I was to write a fanfic of Jimmy, like, I feel as though I don't really have too much to go off of in terms of, like, what we see. Like, I feel like it's a lot of, like, if I... It would be one of those things where if you're writing a fic and, like, it's an underdeveloped character, like, usually you lean on your head cannons. <laughs> it, it feels like I would just be fumbling writing this character and just kind of inferring what I think this character's emotional interior is like. There's very little exploration of it, even after he has an A-plot. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> but, yeah, one of my... Like, so... Miss Kwan's like, I'll give you till tomorrow to do it. Um, and then during class, he gets kind of humiliated because she's just like, okay, who did you guys... Oh, I was... Oh, man. <laughs> I had a moment. <laughs> who did you guys most relate to in the book? And he said, oh, uh, I related most to the Lord of the Flies. And she's like, the Lord of the Flies is a severed head pig's head on a stick (laughs) it really speaks to how little he knows of the book because at that point he probably should have been able to figure out that there's just a bunch of kids like boys on that island and he could have probably threw a boy's name like a slightly (laughs) british boy's name and just like be like "Mm, i don't know i identify with chris like at least like try (laughs) and maybe (laughs) oh god lord of the flies is a weird book it truly is. Do you know they're remaking it? Like, they're making a movie of it, but with girls. Is that still happening? I don't know. I'll look it up. I don't know what the current status of it is. I I remember, it like, hitting the internet, and the internet being violently opposed to it, but then I really don't know what was going on afterwards. I, I can't say I kept track of it. I knew there was a lot of people being like, well, Libra Bray already did that with uh, her book. And that's kind of the extent that I remember. So I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, for some reason I looked up Lord of the Flies movie and I got a movie review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Huh. Alright. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, how about that B-plot? Oh, yes. <laughs> Our first B-plot starring one of my favorite characters, <laughs> Liberty Van Zandt. <laughs> now, is it... Like, I kind of glanced away, so I couldn't hear who was shit-talking it. But this is, like, actually, um... Oh, God, I'm suddenly blanking on the names. Like... JT, Emma, and Mandy... Manny... Yep. Are, like... Oh, like, Ashley thinks she's so great, like... She can't, like... Anybody could do those morning announcements. And Louis Van Zandt is just, like getting in her head like why shouldn't i be doing the um morning announcements which is like a very the way they take this is such a very seventh grade kind of way because like ashley brings up the point which is kind of valid which is like you know some people write and some people act and some people like you know and that's just where their talents are of course ashley butchers the way of saying this because she's an eighth grader and doesn't know how to talk to people (laughs) but um she brings up the point that, you know, you're not always going to be the star. Sometimes you are the writer, you are the pieces and parts. But, of course, Liberty takes that as, like, this affront and that she she should be able to do it because of the fact that she writes it. <laughs> it's not even like I'm interested in presenting it. It's, oh, I wrote this so I can do it. Yeah, I also feel like my personal headcanon was a Liberty Van Zandt's like, of course I can do this. I'm Liberty Van Zandt. Yes, I think there's also that element. So, um, so she starts demand like she starts demanding to do the announcements, and like Ashley's like like well no this is what I do, and 
I got what Ashley was saying because, like, in my high school, the seniors did all the morning announcements because it wasn't, you know, they were done after that. Like, you know, you got let them do the fun thing and then they got to go home or got to leave school. I guess it's like going home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then Olivia Van Zandt's like, fine, I'm on strike. No more jokes, no more this and that. And, like, the joke that Lily Van Zandt gave was not that funny. <laughs> she straight up admitted that she searched it online. Like, <laughs> for somebody that is so obsessed with, like, doing what is right, she seems pretty okay with academic, like, lacking academic integrity. Yeah. <laughs> um, school Diaries. Degrassi's episode. Um... So, Ashley's like, fine, whatever, just do it if you want. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to... Oh, and I also, um, there's also a plot going on with Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, where, <laughs> like, Sean's also trying out for the basketball team. And somebody's like, Sean, you're definitely gonna get on the team. He's like, yeah, whatever, I could care less. I... Love Sean in this episode. <laughs> Sean, I mean, I know I haven't been doing the rankings because I'm like, you know, the seasoned one. So like, I have my 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 feelings already, but like, I'm remembering why I loved Sean so much because <laughs> he's this weirdly breath of fresh air for me. And maybe that's just because I am just also like a misanthrope that's just like. <laughs> hates everything but like there was something about him being like i'm just doing it because my social worker told me to i'm like yeah you go shot you go play the game honey um do you watch um do you know like do you follow football at all yeah okay um what's the name of that one football player are you thinking marshawn lynch when he's yes. just like i'm just here so i don't get fined like that is sean <laughs> <laughs> that is Sean, like, in all of these situations, just like, I'm just here so I don't get, like, I don't know, I don't get tossed out of my house. Like, I, I don't really know what the equivalent is in this case. I'm just here so I don't have to hear from my social worker. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what it's like. It's like, it's just like, that's Sean for the entirety of this episode. And, like, I love it. But, like, there's just something so endearing to me about him being so good at something he doesn't want to do. I find it incredibly, like, real. I, I feel like I love his honesty because I feel like this happens with quite a few, like, student athletes where they get kind of caught up in the machine of student athleticism and, like, don't necessarily enjoy playing it. And I like that this character is so transparent about it. Like, he's just like, I, I hate this. Thanks, I hate it. Like, I, um, I ran cross-country for one season. Um, and the coach, like yelled at me once and I was just like fuck this I'm done like because I was happy after we lost a meet because I like tried my best and he just yelled at me for being happy after we lost a meet I'm like I didn't sign up for this yeah yeah and I like (laughs) like like, did you not not notice I'm one of the slowest people (laughs) like I go between like teenly coming last I hate the tiny shorts I have to wear (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i i really appreciate sean being 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 the voice that so many of us wanted to scream so badly in junior and and senior high school in terms of how much we disliked the extracurricular we were sidled with (laughs) yeah so um and he almost says a swear like it's true does does he need to say shit or ass Oh, I don't remember right now. Alright. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> Sean just, Sean, I'm just like, I'm just down with it. Like, I'm just down with you, uh, just hating on it. He's that Canadian bad boy. He's got an image to maintain. <laughs> He's the Canadian bad boy who, would, who I wouldn't be scared to hang out with at all. <laughs> right? I just want to, like, I'm gonna, like, I wish, it's like, I, I don't know if I had this feeling when I was a teenager, but there's something about Sean that I'm just like, let's just hang out at the mall and, like, not buy anything. And not steal anything, either. But let's just hang out and talk and, and I don't know, we'll go to Hot Topic and Suncoast and buy some pocky. I don't know. Like, I, I, I want to hug Sean, but I'm sure he would just be like, no, I don't want to be hugged. I'd probably just, just accept it. It's cool. He's just, he's just, 
I love him. I don't have any, I don't know what else to say. Like, of, of all of the, the stuff in this episode that I have a lot of grief with, like, Sean, I think it's also because of Sean's characterization. I feel like Sean is one of the most vibrant characters right now, as of episode seven. He's the one that I feel like I know the interior the best of. And, like, I understand to a certain extent it's because his character has allowed himself to be more vulnerable than some of the other characters, but it's like, for someone who hasn't actually had, like, a A plot, Mm-hmm. I feel like I know him way better than Jimmy or a lot of the other characters, honestly. Yeah, like Jimmy. Like Jimmy has the problem. I think we we discussed this on like episode two or three, where just like the the way to figure out a character if a character's good, you can describe them without using what they do. Yeah. Like Jimmy, basketball player, kind of a boy. That's all I got on Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like Sean, I can actually be like. Oh, well, you know, he misses his dog, and so, you know, he's a little, like, insecure in certain ways, and he overcompensates, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I can, I can, like, do a decent read of Sean, even without the fact that I've seen the whole series. Like, I can do a decent read only based on these first seven episodes, which I guess also makes this episode so frustrating that for a character that's just kind of in the background in many aspects of this episode... Um, I know him better than the lead character of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Jimmy's whole plot is, I want to do better at basketball. Like, he, like, one of the lines is, like, Spinner's the team manager, and he's just like, there's a lot of glory in, like, what I do. I hand out the water and the towels and whatnot. Um, and it's like, well, like, the coach said you're doing fine. He's like, fine, I want to do better than that. And, like... I mean, we should probably just tie up, like, how this episode ends, but, like, what really annoys me about this episode is how Jimmy wants to be really good at basketball, but, and maybe I'm just forgetting, but that could also be a failure of the way that this episode is written, like, I don't really know why he wants to be good at basketball. Yeah, it's not like anybody's gonna, he's not like he's trying out for college or anything. And the thing is, is like, okay, fine, he's in middle school, it's not gonna necessarily be, I want to do this in college, or I want to join the, I don't know what league basketball is in Canada, I don't know if it's also (laughs) the NBA, maybe, I don't know very much about basketball. But like, I don't know if, like, I don't know what his aspirations are in relation to it. Is this just like, I want to be the best because I'm athletic and I, I expect myself to be the best? Is this something that in the future I do want to pursue basketball? Is this like, you know, I have a family member who really likes basketball and was really good at it. Now I want to be good at it. Like, it doesn't ever get established in this episode why exactly he wants to be good at this. Because it's, it's all this drive and action, but there's, like, it's a car with an engine that's running and the car is flying down the highway, but there's no driver behind the wheel. I don't know what is go- like what's happening in his head. Yeah. this happen. Yeah, and I think it's really how the later part of this episode and kind of the whole issue of this episode really loses so much for me because the whole entire thing, sorry to take your job, Frank, That's but, right. like, the whole entire thing becomes Jimmy feels the need to overcompensate. He can't balance his school workload and basketball practice without being exhausted. Um, so he decides that the way that he's going to combat this is to coerce Spinner into letting him have one of his uh, Ritalin pills right before the game, which is kind of the final factor in whether or not he will make the team. Um, And, you know, I have a lot of opinions of how this scene goes, and Frank, I'm sure you do too, and we can kind of unpack it later, but it's like, you have him just being like, hey, Spinner, like, give me the pill, give me the pill, I need it, I need it, I need it. And, and it kind of falls apart in many ways because we don't really know why he needs it other than the fact that he wants to be on the team. And I understand, like, in some ways, oh, he's a middle schooler, that should be enough. But, like, just tell me he's somebody who likes to win. <laughs> Even giving me that much is enough for me to understand why this kid is willing to subject himself to a drug and in order to be able to perform in his eyes better. But, like, they never really make that clear enough for me to fully buy it. Anyway, so Jimmy does that, and what ends up happening is Spinner, like, Spinner is unmedicated at the game. He literally, like, he's, like, really, like, I mean, he has ADHD. He's hyperactive during the whole entire game. He eventually, eventually his behavior escalates to him dancing during, like, the, the, like, you know, halftime in the game, and then mooning the audience. Um, So he gets in trouble, and then Jimmy 
in the process of him um, being, he's he's on this he's on the stimulant. He does not follow the rules of playing as a team, which is a part actually I did like. I like that the coach called him out on that, where he behaves in a way that he is screwing up plays. He's hogging the ball, and at one point he nearly hurts Sean in the process. He does hurt Sean. I, I think it was just oh right because it, it they established that it's not broken but he's still like they don't he doesn't break his ankle but he's still like sprains it really yeah, bad yeah yeah he's still like it's not as bad as it could be but he's still pretty messed up because of it <laughs> at that point at that point I'm like you are dead to me Jimmy <laughs> yeah no, like, that's our son <laughs> that oh. is the official son of the podcast <laughs> and by the way I looked up um, what they call the basketball in Canada. The National Basketball League of Canada. Check out that sick logo. Oh my god, it's really good. So for those of you who are unable to see this, because this is a podcast, it is a logo of this dual-colored leaf. And, like, you know how leaves have, like, the veins in them and everything? The veins make up a person who appears to be about to, like, slam dunk. It's really good. Oh, 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 also, if you look, the lines also make a basketball. Yeah. So there's, like, there's a really good, very nuanced logo. I also forgot basketball is Canadian. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Though, see, you know what would have been amazing to me? If he's like, I have to be good at basketball. I'm Canadian. Like, at least that gives me something to go <laughs> off of. Anyway, so, like, the plot for Jimmy ends in a way that Jimmy is not able to join the team because he fails to follow what um, his coach expects him to do, which, good, I agree. But, and then Spinner gets in trouble, and Spinner gets hit hard, because the principal catches him doing the mooning, and Spinner has to, um, like, has to, because he was, like, he was on his own when he, with his medication, and he was, you know, able to handle that responsibility, this proves in Radich's eyes that he can't do it, and because of it, he has to take his medication three times a day during school hours in front of the principal's secretary. And, like, there's some other punishment. He gets, like, I can't remember if he gets, like, some sort of, like, it's not, like, community service. I can't remember if he gets, he gets, like, another thing, though, like, a suspension or, like, a detention or something like that. But he gets hit hard. Like, for something that, I mean, while it's true, he did give in to peer pressure, he doesn't tell the principal that Jimmy's actions are what led him to this, but he gets hit really 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 hard um and we'll talk more about that ending in a little bit um and the b plot results in liberty being able to do the announcements she does the announcements and it it's a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) there were there were two moments i had to pause the episode because i was just like some awkward middle school stuff is about to hit hard (laughs) and i need to mentally prepare myself for this yes Liberty Van Zandt just, it's so rough to watch. Oh my god. I, I like, vaguely remembered it, and then, like, watching it happen in real time, it was just, like, it was a nightmare. I, I, I craved the pause button. (laughs) She's, like, looking down at her notes, she's not making eye contact, she's constantly making the, making the wrong words, like, why does this need to be filmed live? Right? Like, and you're telling me, like, the camera girl who I don't remember the name of, or... I don't think she was given a name, and I actually really want to know more about her, because she seems to care about Liberty, and seems as though everybody else has teased Liberty in some capacity at this point. I really want to know more about this girl. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so, like, Liberty beefs it on live, live TV. Um, and then, of course, like, everyone's teasing her and everything. And then Ashley, like, actually takes it upon herself to kind of pick up the pieces, um, finds her in the bathroom, and, like, Liberty is, like, in tears and really upset. But Ashley, you know, Ashley handles this in a way, this is probably the, probably the moment that I've liked Ashley the most so far, because mm-hmm. she handles it in a way that's very Ashley, but also sweet in that kind of eighth grade way, where she says that she's going to actually help Liberty and give her some pointers and things like that. And Liberty's then able to do a redemption round, basically, <laughs> where she's much better, much more confident, much clearer. Um, and then afterwards, Ashley's like, okay, that's good, but now, you know, you're not going to be able to do this until eighth grade. Like, let me have the spotlight for now. I'm going to, you know, culminate to high school, and then you can take over. 
Yeah. Um, and I think this is our, like, during this is our only appearance of Toby. Yes, yes, I, don't worry, I was doing, like, a Toby count, and I was like, there hasn't been that much Toby. <laughs> oh, finally, I am free for a brief amount of time from this child. <laughs> no offense, I'm sorry, I just, it was too many B-plots and A-plots and whatever plots with him. I just, I just got so sick of Toby. <laughs> like, I'm tired of Toby. I wonder if the writers picked up on They're like, man, we've been talking about Toby an awful lot. Maybe we should take a break. <laughs> I mean, yeah. af- after last episode, I definitely needed a break. Oh my god, right? Um, so, uh... There's just a lot to pick apart in this episode. Yeah, like, um... Yeah, like, I'm not, because the, 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 like, the exchange between Spinner and Jimmy is just so, like, when Jimmy is begging him for the pill is just Mm -hmm. so, just so gross. Yeah, yeah, and I understand to a certain extent we're supposed to feel gross, but it's just, it's incredibly upsetting. And, like, the thing is about, like, Spinner's characterization is a little wonky in this episode in the sense that, like, it, I think in some ways may seem, and initially I found it a little bit, like, I'm like, is this contradicting what we know about the character? But I think ultimately I ended up liking it because it showed how Spinner, in spite of his faults, is pretty well aware of his, of his having ADHD. Like, he's pretty aware of the limitations, he's aware of what he has to do to be able to keep moving forward, um, and he's pretty, for a lot of the conversation between him and Jimmy, he's able to advocate for himself, and able to say, like, no, I need it. Like, I know it just seems like something for you to use, and, like, whatever, but I need it to be able to, like, survive. And I I really appreciated those moments in the episode where you do have his autonomy being, like, being reiterated here, where he is somebody who is medicated, has ADHD, and is just trying to do the best that he can. Like, he's a baby, and he's, like, you know, just trying to live his life. Um, And then you have Jimmy swooping in and you know, breaking him down and making him give up, give up one of his pills. And it it was, it was pretty upsetting to watch. Yeah, especially because it just feels like, it felt so manipulative to me because it's like, not only is, like, you know, Spinner, it seems like that autonomy is very important for Spinner, Mm -hmm. but like, his friends are more important and like, the thing, the the vibe I was kind of getting is that was that's what Jimmy was, like, aiming towards. Yeah, and I think with Spinner, also, we have to remember, this is a kid who's repeating a grade. Yeah. So, like, his, in theory, and we haven't really had this very well established in the story, but in theory, most of the friends that he had have moved on to ninth grade. Yeah. They're probably at a, di- if, like, you know, they're probably at a different part of the school. He doesn't really get to see them very much anymore. Um, and that, that can hurt somebody a lot. And, you know, the people that he, he probably, you know, has decent relationships with the people at Degrassi, as we can kind of see, but it's just like, it's a very, I feel like it's a very easy note for Jimmy to like, you know, hit because we know this character is, is quite vulnerable in this, in this context. Like, I mean... Yeah, like, I mean, it's even, like, with the, the, um, I always, now, like, in retrospect, I feel like he's just been overcompensating, like, he's trying to always be funny and Oh, likeable, absolutely. Like, and then Jimmy's just like, give me that pill. And that's, and, you know, that's just enough for Spinner to just break. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've seen, and, and, you know, of all the faults in how they've characterized Jimmy, we have consistently seen Jimmy with Spinner. They have consistently been friends, for better and for worse, like, you know. We, even as of last episode, we saw them talking with each other, and yeah, Spinner said some pretty gross stuff, but, you know, Jimmy seemed to not be bothered enough that their friendship was in jeopardy, um, so it's just, it's just like this very, very cheap, very effective shot for Jimmy to take. 
And to be fair, like the the like Spinner said some gross stuff, but he's also like, let's go buy some condoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> so. that's that's the weird thing about Spinner is like, and like I wonder if just the first few episodes we can kind of hand wave as the writers weren't didn't quite have a good feel for his character yet, because like Spinner. I mean, he's he's the chunkhead. He's the he's the lovable chunkhead where he's like he does things, and you're like that is boneheaded. What are you doing, kid? And then and yet he's also the one that when it comes to your to health advocacy, apparently he is the best, the best <laughs> at the school. Like it's very interesting in that sense, and like I find that I'm glad that I hope that because I can't remember very well right now. There's certain things about Spinner that I remember from later on in the series, but I hope that this variation of him stays for a little while, because I quite like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, I really, honestly, I was, like, I kind of wanted there to be a scene where, like, you know, Sean... Like, he's getting his ankle, like, bandaged up or whatever, and the coach is like, well, Sean, you know, you've made the team. He's just like, why am I being punished? Well, that's <laughs> another thing, is, like, punishment in general is this weird thing. Like, okay, so this reminds me a lot of the Terry episode we watched, where it's like, Terry drank, even though Paige manipulated her. Like, Paige gets the boy, and Terry gets nothing. Yeah. I feel like the ending of this gives me a similar feeling in the sense that, like, the full scale of the consequences are not explored at all. Yeah. Like, we don't really know how Sean feels about what has happened. Like, we don't really... And the other problem is, is that Spinner gets punished, Jimmy gets punished, but Jimmy... And so, but Jimmy only gets punished because he wasn't acting sportsmanlike. It's not because he took Spinner's medication. Spinner gets punished because he was lacking one of his pills. But Jimmy never gets punished for how he, he like, convinced his friend to do it. And Spinner, like, it's just this weird thing where it's like, there were lessons to be learned and the episode was trying, was gunning for that. But it also didn't really go through the full-scale consequences of the actions. And it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, like, the episode ends, and we don't get a scene with Jimmy and Spinner being, like, just hashing this out. Because, like, this this would put a dent in most friendships. Yeah, yeah, like, no, exactly. Um, and, and like, because... That's so frustrating. <laughs> no, it's incredibly frustrating, especially because the first part of it, we see these moments where we see how seriously Spinner takes his diagnosis and how seriously he takes his medication. And the fact that we're not going to see, like, him be able to advocate for himself and him be able to talk to Jimmy and say, look, like, that wasn't cool, is is a problem. And, and you know... It's true, like, should he have given Jimmy the pill? No. If we look at this at a very bare-bones thing, no, you're right, he shouldn't have given the pill. He's also in the wrong. I get that. But, like, I feel like if this is supposed to be an issue-based show, and the show is supposed to show the negatives of certain actions, then why don't you show the full scale of it? Yeah. Like, you, I was thinking you could also take it a different route where, like... Jimmy, like, works it out in his head, because, like, this is something I feel like 7th, 8th graders and, like, you know, teenagers do. Jimmy works it out some way in his head that it's Spinner's fault that this happened to him. That would have been much better. In fact, like, I feel like it almost would have been a more compelling thing. Obviously, like, you would probably have to have a two-part episode to do this, where Spinner doesn't blame Jimmy. Jimmy blames Spinner. And then they have to hash that out later, like, you know, how does that impair their friendship? How can they kind of move forward? Yeah. But instead, we just, like, Spinner... I did enjoy, like... I did like when he's in uh, Principal uh, Radich's office. He's, like, constantly playing with a pair of scissors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's some really good moments with Spinner's characterization in general. I think there were really good moments in it. I, 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 I felt like... It was a very, well, for somebody who doesn't have ADHD, I felt like it's a very good representation of it because, like, you can see 
where the impulse control kind of shuts off for Spinner. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and all this other stuff going on. Like, you know, because the coach is like, you're not supposed to be the head cheerleader, you're the manager. What is going on? And, like, that was actually something that kind of bugged me, is that, like, when the, I was like, okay, well, the coach is going to call out Jimmy for taking a stimulant or something, because there's all these, like, close-ups on the coach's face when, like, you know, Jimmy's, like, you know, bouncing the ball a whole bunch and mm-hmm. just, like, doing all this other stuff, and that doesn't pay off in any way. Like, if, yeah. like you know, he's with these kids a long time, he's just like... Something seems, to, and like, I'm led to believe the coach thinks something odd is going on, but the coach doesn't do anything on that end. He's just like, you weren't doing teamwork well. I'm a writer. That sentence is terrible. <laughs> We're both writers, so anytime we make a horrendous <laughs> sentence on this podcast, it's immortalized forever. Um, right. So anyway, like, it, um, yeah, it, uh, just comes down to, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I really needed that extra scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Because it's like, once again, the consequence of it is Jimmy was not acting sportsmanlike. Which is an important lesson for a kid to learn. Like, you are not just, there's no I in team type stuff. But also, like, at that point, did it need this Ritalin abuse subplot to get to that point? No. (laughs) <laughs> like, I understand, and, and you know, I, I don't really remember, because the early aughts, I was still pretty young. I remember Ritalin being being talked about. I know as somebody who went to college fairly recently, like, it's abused constantly. Yeah. Like, I understand why a piece of media would want to talk about how, like, look, this can be really helpful for people. It's a really good potential therapy for people however if you're not if you're using it and you don't have the you know you do not have the necessary diagnosis to use it it's a problem and it's not it's hurts and this is the piece i guess i was really holding out for where it's like ritalin abuse and that type of stimulant abuse hurts people who use it who use it for their own treatments and like i was and we don't actually get to see that being talked about now i understand it's early 2000s still i understand it was newer on the scene but it's just like it just felt like there were a bunch of potential things that they could have talked about and they just screwed it up yeah like just give me like give me the jimmy is a bad like jimmy's selfish like, that's a good plot line for an episode. And that's a characteristic that can be talked about. Yeah. Now, like, now my only thinking is, like, okay, well, maybe we'll get back to this later, where Jimmy will have some kind of drug problem down the line, where he thinks, that, like, like, oh, well, this is a good idea now. I'll try it again later or something. But it's just, like, I, I, I was not interested in this Jimmy plot at all. Like, I was interested, except for when it came to Jimmy and Spinner. Like, when those two got separated, I'm like, well, I don't give a crap anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'm white, and I I feel like that's important to establish before I get into this aspect, but there's something so incredibly uncomfortable to me about how Jimmy is being handled as a character, particularly as a black character, where he's just being, he's always portrayed in a way that's so physical Um, he has no real characteristics that we can really discern. Um, and he's, like, portrayed as violent. Like, Emma calls him a lunatic. And, and it's just this incredibly uncomfortable thing happening here where, like, and all the boys are portrayed so physical in this. And I've already complained about that. But, like, it just is, like, this double whammy I guess it's just really more, like, intersectional issue that kind of happens when Jimmy is the one that goes through this. It's like, if you look at so many of his characteristics, this kid who described himself as a bodyguard, this kid who wailed on a kid and, like, dragged him into a supply closet for his girlfriend (laughs) to, like, verbally assault, it just continues to leave this horrible taste in my mouth. Yeah, like, because, like, that's, like, these, I mean, we saw a little bit of it we saw a little bit of Jimmy being portrayed well when he 
is like I'm okay. I'm also gonna for the record. I'm also white. Mm. Um. When like you know Ashley says I'm not ready to have sex and he's understanding of it. I was like, good for you, Jimmy. And then like the show is just like, well, we're gonna have this character like take the most dishonest route to achieve his goals, and like they're just constantly putting him in all these dishonest situations. And, like, situations you don't see any of the other characters in. Like. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, he doesn't get the apathetic plot. That's Sean's. He doesn't get the honest route. Like, he doesn't get, like, it's just, it's really unsettling to me. And, like, do I think the writers were actively going, we're going to make the black character the bad kid? Like, I don't think they were, but that doesn't mean that they can't be criticized. Like, you can still do harmful racist things regardless of your intention. Yeah. And I think that's like, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, I feel like we can confidently say this is probably going to be a trend that we're going to see with Jimmy and probably with future characters that are not white. Um... But it's just this really unfortunate and really tiresome thing, and it just constantly stewed in my head as I was watching it. Um, pretty much as soon as Emma called him a lunatic, I kind of, like, lost it. I had to, like, take a lap, because I was just like, I know what you're doing, but I also hate this. It's just really upsetting. Um, I don't know. It's just very, very frustrating experience. Yeah. So, what it, what it reminded me of... Um... Like this is gonna be this is gonna seem like a far stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know anything about the show The Bachelor, or and The Bachelorette? I mean, I know of them as okay. shows. Um, well, I think about two years ago or so, they had the first black bachelorette, and like, um, there there was this like one like you know one of the uh, contestants. One of the male contestants, you know, was this black man who, like, this white guy kept calling angry and, like, dangerous Mm. and whatnot. And, like, that language holds so much, like, weight behind it, like, between interracial lines. And that's what this immediately made me think of when, like, she's like, he's a lunatic. Like, you know, he's, like, angry. He's hurting people. I'm just like, you guys need to, like stop and think about this for a second like just one more draft like come on yeah yeah it it reminds me i mean it's i guess it's very timely like i just finished watching the uh documentary 13th with my students Mm -hmm. which is all about like how you know how on a fundamental level like the 13th amendment and its ability to um have prisoners not be entitled to the same rights um, and not be entitled to the rights of the Constitution led to what we currently have, which is the mass incarceration of black men. And a lot of, like, how that stuff happens, at least in the U.S., I, I'm not going to pretend I understand the nuance of race in Canada, but, like, something that really reiterated the document documentary is, like, how easy language can be used and normalized in society to vilify black people, and specifically in this context, black men, And it's just something I kept thinking about while watching this episode where it's like, it's, it's just, it's so dangerous to especially write something that's intended to be targeted toward younger, the younger set, because this is supposed to be for kids in many ways, and to have this impression happen, and like, it's gonna leave a mark whether, whether it's over or not, that, you know, this is what this is an issue, like, it's just, oh, God, I'm just getting really frustrated, so I'm not being as articulate anymore, just know that I'm mad. I'm mad. It's just, like, there there are two characters, there are two characters that are people of color on this show. One of them is Liberty Van Zandt, who, you know, has, <laughs> who has her faults that I perceive, and that, like, you know, I'm, I'm not super enamored with, like, seventh grade behavior, but, like, is an intelligent, self-possessed person. The only other character is Jimmy, and Jimmy is so problematic on so many levels. So, like, I, like, as a white, you know, as a white man, like, I get just endless amounts of role models mm-hmm. and whatnot. 
I get Batman, I get most of the Green Lanterns, like, you know, I get Flash, Superman, all those guys. Like, every character on TV is basically me. So to be, you know, to grow up in a different set of shoes and be like, oh, I'm either Jimmy the asshole or I'm every criminal on every other show. Like, yeah. Has an effect, like. and and let's also look at that from a gender perspective, where you have you're either the a- athletic, um, you know, potentially drug like you know using drug and stimulant basketball player, um, or you are the brainy girl, and and it's just this incredibly traditional gender binary basically that yeah. ends up happening on top of the fact that these are your two black characters. Um, and it's, it's just a very frustrating thing that became even more, more pronounced because these two characters were your A and your B plot. Um, but honestly, I don't know if you have anything else to add to the A plot. I'm thinking we need to take a lap and get to our B plot. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. Because <laughs> I do think that there are some, there is some merit in the B plot where I think that what makes Liberty shine as a character to me personally is that she is such a seventh grader. And through and through, she is a seventh grader. Um, and I think one of the only bright spots in this episode is really Ashley reaching out to her and like handling it in her Ashley way. Like, I found how she talks to Liberty, like, kind of condescending, but not in a way that's unrealistic. Like, Ashley always maintains the air that she is an eighth grader and that she is above Liberty in the sense of, like, that's what it is to be an upperclassman versus a lower, uh, an underclassman. And I like that even though Ashley did what can be vaguely construed as the right thing, it didn't feel like it went against her character yeah. to do it. Um and I really enjoyed watching them interact. I was actually very endeared by a lot of the elements of that plot. Even though it was so incredibly uncomfortable, I think it rang very true for the age group. Yeah. Um, I was also personally surprised that this Paige was not involved in this plot at all. Right? Like, Paige is not scheming. Paige makes, like, one... Oh, yeah, she's, like, talking about how she has such a good French accent. Like, she, she could be like, she's from Paris. And I'm just like, you go, Paige. Whatever. I love you. <laughs> just, like, pepper her in. <laughs> like, it's like, you know what the people want. They want Paige making weird remarks. Here you go. So, like, whatever. You do you. Yeah, um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't have that much else to say about, about no. the B-plot. I mean, the only thing that I'll say, and I think this also applies to the A-plot to a certain extent, is a big gripe I had with any of the, a lot of the technical issues of this episode felt a lot of the time because, like, adults were just not in these spaces that I felt like they should be. Yeah. Like, with... Another thing that could have made Jimmy's motivations a little easier is if there were was pressure from his parents or anything like that. We don't see the parents. Yeah. We don't know what his family situation is like. We don't know, like, I mean, I think maybe he made some passing comments over time, but ultimately, like, we don't really know. So we don't know how they feel about his pursuits of basketball. We don't know if he cares that his grades are slipping. We don't know anything. Yeah, like... Like, the the whole thing just seems so weirdly racially charged. Yeah, yeah. It like... just seemed like an agenda. It didn't seem like trying to develop a character. So, like, we won't see his family. We don't know what his motivations are. And then, even the incident with Spinner during the, um, you know, the halftime show, literally the only adult, at least that appears to be there that's an adult, is the principal. What? Have you been to a middle school basketball game? There are so many parents in this yeah. space. They're all there seeing their kid have the ball for like one minute and then have to sit again. Like, <laughs> it's it's just like, not to say that like they would have stopped Spinner. I don't think any of the adults really would have. I think they a lot of adults would be like, oh, whatever, Spinner's going to perform. But like, the fact that when they panned out to the audience, it was like all kids. Well, I think, it was weird. I think this game takes place during the, the school day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, time was really odd. But, like, even then, like, parents, not every parent has, like, a conventional 9-to-5 job. Like, you would have saw a couple parents. Maybe some grandparents. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, there would have been adults. Or, like, teachers. Because if all the kids are getting dismissed, teachers would have to be there for, like, chaperoning purposes. Like... (laughs) 
I think that was more, it's season one, we don't have that much money. I guess, but it's like, it also... <laughs> or we blew it on the reunion. Right, we, we got all the adults, we can't get the adults back for this episode, sorry everybody. Um, but like, there's also that element, and then like, there's also like, even, the thing is, is like, okay, I, I taught middle school. And I was very friendly with the teacher who actually ran the announcements, like the video announcements. And the thing is, is like all the kids filmed and stuff, like that stuff holds true. They wrote it and blah, blah, blah. But like he was always there overseeing. Yeah. And like, I really didn't understand why there wasn't an adult overseeing it. Not to say that an adult would have made very much of a difference, but like some of the disagreements, like the fact that like Ashley and Liberty would blow up in the office when the announcements were like, about to happen is really hard for me to understand without having like a teacher at least intervening and staving it off for then mm -hmm. and then maybe having them bump into each other in a locker or something like that and then really like let loose how they feel about each other like mr simpson is always around he's the technology teacher like like in, make him do it and that's what the guy that i i was friendly with that's what he did he he was like the the media immersion equivalent and then also ran the announcements, like, and I feel like that's a really easy solution to have, because you already have him contracted, like, yeah, you I... could, you could have him also be in charge of it, and, like, you know, trying to make this rivalry thing not be as awful, it just, like, I, I understand that, like, I understand, like, the use of adults in teen dramas is not always the most fun, and I assume when you're a teenager, it's not the most compelling, yeah. like, having the adults there. But from a storytelling perspective, it's it's very difficult to, like, fully immerse myself if I see that there's just so many spaces where there's just no adults occupying any of the space. Like, I understand it's school and that your friendships and your, your rivalries and stuff are really what you remember a lot of time from school. But, like, the fact that there were some moments, large chunks of this episode where there were, like, no adults was really unsettling to me. Yeah. Like, though, I was just thinking maybe because Mr. Simpson is kind of like the Superman of teachers, mm -hmm. um, it's just, like, hard to write plot lines where he's involved in them and the problem isn't just immediately solved. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's that. But, like, yeah, like, maybe he's out that day and he has a sub, like, something. Or, like, another teacher's covering it or the principal is and the principal doesn't no, know anything. We see him in this episode. Yeah. Because he's just like, today we're going to start HTML. Right, the exciting world of HTML. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the... Uh, like, Mr. Simpson, could you go handle what's going on in the technology lab, please? <laughs> I don't care about this B-plot. Yeah, no, it's just... It's just... There's a lot of really odd things about this episode, and, um... I don't know. It's just, like, were there moments that I genuinely enjoyed? Yes. I think that elements of Spinner's character were actually very good. This is where I began to actually be endeared by Spinner as a character. Um, I think Sean was lovely. The little sprinkle we got of Sean, I enjoyed him. I love him. I think Liberty and Ashley and their whole entire deal, while I would criticize certain elements of it from a technical standpoint as somebody who works in a school, I love the way that the conflict was managed mm -hmm. in a way that felt very true to their characters. Like, I think those were really, really good moments. Yeah. Um, but the bad moments, <laughs> they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we want to go to want to go to character rankings. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> Where are your character? Now the question is: Are you going to fault characters for bad writing in the process of your rankings, or are you going to try and pad their scores to compensate for institutional racism? Uh. So you just kind of like cut my legs off from under me because I was about to say like, "Hey, Toby, guess what? You mean somebody at the bottom? His name is Jimmy." <laughs> <laughs> But, like, now that we've had that discussion, I just, I feel bad, like, because it's just, it sucks. Like, the grassy layers get better than this, please. But, um, yeah, Jimmy's going down. He lost a bunch of, like, his main cred for being a shit. Because, like, you, like, being a good boyfriend or girlfriend, me, like, okay, like, when I'm in a relationship with somebody, or... It's more important for my friends to be always there for me than when I'm dating somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, 
So yeah, kudos to Jimmy for the last episode. I think that was the last episode. Yeah, that was the last episode. Okay. I know it feels like eons in between these episodes, especially because there's no consequences between the two. <laughs> but yes, that was the last episode. Although Jimmy was wearing her necklace. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't in the catch first that. scene, in the first scene when he walks into Ms. Kwan's room, he is wearing the necklace that Ashley gifted him. I know now that I think about it, like we never see those two together. Like, well, when we do, it's usually because of uh, Ashley's, like, evil schemes, I feel like. Well, I just, like, you know what would be an amazing thing where, like, Jimmy's like, maybe I should see if Spinner can get me one of his pills, and Ashley's like, that's a dumb idea. You know what? Yeah, I feel like that was very underutilized, where Ashley was in the B-plot, Jimmy was in the A-plot, they never interacted, like, that whole episode. Well, I mean, like, well, that's why the mating game com- came comes kind of completely out of left field for me, where it's just like, oh, they're still dating? Because, like, you see it kind of in the first episode, then nothing in the other episodes. Yeah, like, actually, now that you now that you pointed that out, like, now I'm even more frustrated because, like, even then, like, you know, Ashley could have inadvertently also been a catalyst of sorts because Ashley's like, oh, because, you know, Ashley, like, she's so obsessed with image in many ways. Like, she yeah. easily could have made a throwaway line of, like, oh, well, now that I am, like, you know, the school president, and then you can be, like, you can be the basketball superstar on the team, and, like, as silly as that sounds, that gives me something, especially in reaction to the last episode, where it's like, oh, Jimmy wants to continue this idea of being a good boyfriend, so he wants to help Ashley be able to live out her, like, you know, junior high, eighth grade fantasy. That's at least something I could work with. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, Ashley, kind of rising a little bit for her, the way she, you know, um, helped out, uh, Liberty. Uh, and while we're on the subject, Liberty's rising a little bit more for overcoming her fear and trying again. I can always appreciate that. Um, JT and Toby still at the bottom. Nothing changed. <laughs> I like, uh, Manny and Emma are rising a little bit higher. Uh, because of their accidental, like, their accidental, um, uh, channeling of page, where they just happen to, like, put into a page plot into motion without meaning to. <laughs> um, page rising even higher. Rising superstar page. Page, page only has two lines, and it's like, page is right at the top. Well, it's just like, um, She's so vivacious. Yeah, it's just This like... is so fun. <laughs> Like, I feel like as a kid, I made this weird connection in my head that, like, Paige makes me think a lot of, like, Miss Piggy. And, yeah, like, I like... feel like it's a similar niche of just, like, these very vivacious, very, like, self-motivated female characters that just are a ball to watch, like, interact in the media they're in. Yeah. Um, she needs a Kermit, like... Yes. Yes, that's true. Up, up. Um, somebody better than Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Degrassi writers... Oh, they're taking a punch. <laughs> Did the Degrassi writers ever rise above, above like, very much? They, um, they're entering the foray for the first time, and they're immediately heading for the bottom. <laughs> um, Spinner? Spinner... Spinner's rising a little bit, because I I, I, I... I feel him. Like, I feel that need to do for your friends, even though you know it's a bad idea. Um, Sean. Sean's always a rising. Sean is always a rising Sean and, star. Sean and Paige are the rising stars. Whether Sean wants to or not. <laughs> well, like, he's just such a sweet one. I know. Like, my sweet boy. <laughs> I know. We're gonna adopt so many kids by the end of this series. <laughs> um, is that it? Oh, and I like Mrs. I like, uh... Miss Kwan? She's Kwan? a Ms. Miss Kwan. Miss Kwan being like, I'm getting sick of your shit, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she, ooh. Like, it's, I like, I, I kind of like what she did. <laughs> I know I'm probably not supposed to say that, but like, it's it's kind of it's kind of nice to it, it seemed like the nicest ability of calling a kid out. Like, it was one of the nicer ways to do it. <laughs> and it was very therapeutic for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that's, i think that's about it for my rankings yeah um i guess we'll go to recommendations um i'm gonna be honest i i don't know if you feel like this frank but i find 
a lot of plots of teen anything that handles drugs to usually be pretty terrible. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them suffer in many, in different ways. Like, I don't think there's a consistent issue. I think that there's different issues and they all become pronounced depending on your story. The only recommendation I'll give has a couple caveats because the series, this is from season one, which was 2006, um, which is Friday Night Lights does handle one of the characters using performance-enhancing drugs, um, uh, which is Smash using steroids. Um, and if you're familiar with the series, you, you probably know. And if you're not familiar with the series, um, I, I strongly recommend it. It's on Hulu. I know it's about football, so it's not the easiest sell for some people, but it becomes way more of like a small-town drama um, with very compelling characters. And while I don't think that plot was perfect, I feel that Smash's motivations for going on the drugs was way more compelling and way more believable um, because he was coming at it from the perspective that he wanted to do the best. He wanted to be spotted by scouts. He wanted to be able to succeed. Um, and you see how that how that those actions have consequences not just to himself but to the people around him including his sisters his mother and eventually the coach and how the coach has to deal with it like does he throw away the team's integrity and let it keep going does he let does he call smash out like you know what what is the coach going to do and i feel like if you're looking for something that handles that aspect of use of like you know of abusing drugs for, for for performance enhancing, I think that might be one of your better cases, though with a zillion caveats. Um, also, the actor is magnificent. Um, I absolutely adore him. Um, and I have a rat named after his character. <laughs> um, and that is my, that is more my evidence. Uh, but yeah, no, check out Friday Night Lights, check out season one. Um, it's uh, pretty compelling stuff. Um, I'm going, like, I don't, I don't can't really think of anything to handle the drug thing, but I do want like for a show that handles its like characters of color better than this. Like I also want to say Daria, because um, there's Mac and Jody from that. Um, because like, because Mac is essentially like what Jimmy like the perfect form of Jimmy, where he's both cognizant of like. What he's both able to handle school and football, and like, you know, they do have discussions about being like two of the only people of color in their school. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, because like, I just want something that has better representation than Degrassi, and Daria is not the best one for it, but it's currently the only one I can think of. Um, and also, I just want to throw this out there if. Like, we're trying our best to handle, like, the racial issues mm -hmm. in this, but we are, I'm going to just say it, I'm not the best at it, because I'm not coming from a place of knowledge about that, or any life experience regarding that. Mm -hmm. So, like, if we can do better, please write into us at ihopepod at gmail.com. And also to reiterate, um, we also encourage, if you're interested especially with some of these topics, especially with some of these episodes and some of the topics that are handled, if you're interested in appearing on our podcast, it's also something that we can easily arrange as well, um, especially when we get to some of the more issue-heavy topics. Like, we would love to have people appear that have stake in it as members of marginalized groups or people who have gone through some of the topics that these characters go through. Um, so if you would like to, don't hesitate to email us. Once again, it's ihopepod at gmail.com. And, you know, kind of give us a rundown of some of your credentials, for lack of better terms. You don't need a full resume or anything. Um, and we can definitely, like, talk and potentially, and uh, talk about the potentially having you come on. Um, so don't hesitate to talk to us and email us, not only to kind of, you know, I don't want to say call out, because at, at this point it has such, like, a heavy tone on the internet right now. But yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not your fault. It's just... I feel like call out people associate in a way that's kind of negative right now. But um, if you want to have like conversations, um, I mean, I, when I say call out, I mean it in the more pure sense of like, you know, call us out um, or anything like that. Like, feel free to contact us for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. 
yeah, I guess just if you want to talk to us, there's our email. We also have social media. Check us out on Twitter at I Hope Pod. You can find us on Facebook at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Um, and you have our email address. If you want to talk to me personally on Twitter, I am at DM as in Molly. <laughs> is unbreakable. Um, so feel free to tweet me there. Um, and Frank, I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to, if you want to plug your po- other podcast, things like that. Um, teen Girl Talk every Monday. Uh, it's my sister and I talking about other teen media. Um, I think it's funny. <laughs> I hope it's funny. <laughs> I hope I can make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, feel free to talk to us. Um, it doesn't have to be about heavy stuff. It could be really funny Degrassi-related memes you want to show us. Or just strange Drake references. Um, <laughs> feel free to keep it light as well. Um, but anyway, whatever it takes, we hope we can make it through. And we hope that you're going to be there with us. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.